Brothers and sisters, good morning. Can you hear me okay? Good morning. It's such a privilege to be here today, and I've just been so inspired uh, by this community and the love uh, and the great worship. Man, uh, it's been so good, and I'm uh, so privileged to be here. But before we start and before we kick off, why don't we rise and, and stand and read the Word of God as is right. Let's put God's Word first. Uh, we're going to read a passage from Luke today, and then we're going to dive in, all right? So, brothers and sisters, let's read together. Sorry, the, the print is a little small. I hope you can see it. Uh, so here we go. One, two, three. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the way between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. The 11 to 19, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, as Pastor Chris mentioned, uh, my name is Hal, and if it's a, can't figure it out, it's just like, how do you do? You know, it's an easy way to remember it. And uh, I, I was born in Brooklyn. Just up, yeah, Brooklyn's in the house. I was just saying, uh, it's, it, I think the hospital used to be, I don't know if it's the same, it used to be called Lutheran Medical Center. Do you know, people know where that is? I think it's like NYU L Brooklyn now, up on 55th Street. So, uh, and uh, my wife, Carol, I have three kids uh, from 19, no, sorry, seven, 19 to 7. So pretty wide range there. And, uh, and we've been privileged, as uh, Pastor Chris mentioned, we had uh, grew up in New York, had the privilege to ser uh, serve got, uh, abroad for a couple years, kind of as a, a missionary, and recently came back to New York. Uh, and just so excited to be in the city. And I just wanted to recognize uh, Next Step Community Church, 200 years, that's amazing. And just the faithfulness of the people before us and the people today, what a blessing. And so 200 years, and I'm thinking, God's gonna continue to use this congregation for another 200 years, unless, unless Jesus comes back right before then, right? And we look forward to that day. Before we kick off, let me just open us in a word of prayer. Father God, we come before you today. We just give you thanks. Uh, we give you thanks. We remember today just the faithful ministry of those who went before us so that we could be here today. Um, those who, who started this church, who, who walked in times of hardship to get us to, to where we are today. We remember our families, our friends, those people who support us. Father, indeed, we have so much to be thankful for, even when things are tough. Help us to remember that, to not forget that, and most of all, to remember what Jesus, what Jesus has done for us so that we could have life. Father, use your word this morning to touch our hearts, 
so that we could draw closer and know you just a little more. We pray this in your son's precious name. Amen. 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 All right, next slide, please. So today we're going to talk, I've entitled the, this talk, The Gospel of Gratitude. But before we go into there, uh, I want to ask everybody a question. So, so uh, as Pastor Chris mentioned, so I, in my work life, I'm a physician, and I see a lot of folks who have high blood pressure and diabetes and, you know, stress and just a lot of things going on in life. And we know, particularly after COVID, that there's just so much, we, we all seem to have ratcheted up that stress, right? And I just want to ask you, if there was a magic pill that could help treat some of these things, would you take it? You know, would you, would you want it? I think we all would. We'd be out there kind of like, we, we want this, right? We want to not only treat our physical issues, but also our mental health. I think that's come to the forefront. Like I've, you know, there's so many things that have come up that even like every day I need to think through and get my mental health in order, right? And it's, what's funny is that the Mayo Clinic, all right, the Mayo Clinic, like the most famous hospital in the US and maybe the world wrote this. And I'm sorry, it's a little bit small. I'm not sure if you can see it, but let me read it for you. If you go to the next slide, it says this, it says that, that there is a pill like this, right? It says expressing gratitude is associated with a host of mental and physical benefits. Studies have shown that feeling thankful can improve sleep, our mood, our immunity, decrease depression, anxieties, chronic pain, risk of, of disease. And if a pill could do this, everyone would be taking it, right? Your brain is designed to problem solve rather than appreciate. You must often override this design to reap the benefits of gratitude. So the Mayo Clinic, right, this famous, famous hospital is telling us if, if somehow we could be express gratitude more, you know, it's actually really good. There's like studies that show this is good for your physical health, this is good for your mental health. What I want to say, though, is it's, this is not the Mayo Clinics. Like, they're not the first people to ever say this. Because if we look in the Bible, if you look here in the next slide, what it tells us in 1 Thessalonians from the beginning, like in the Bible times, it tells us to rejoice always, to pray continually, to give thanks in all circumstances, right? And sometimes you're saying, what is God's will for us? You know, I don't know God's will, but this is what it said, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus, right? This is God's will for us to rejoice, to pray, and to give thanks no matter. It says, in all circumstances. It doesn't say in when times are good, right? When we are, you know, we're doing well and a family's doing well. But it tells us in all circumstances. Because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. But if we go, and so we, let's go to the next slide. So, so to live a Christian life. Like today, if we're sitting here and we say that we are a follower of Jesus, right? That, that we call Jesus our Lord and Savior, what that means is to be a Christian is to live a life of gratitude, of thankfulness. But my question, so I read that and I read the Bible and I read 1 Thessalonians, like I wanna live that, I wanna give thanks. And then the question that I face and I think many of us also face is like, why can't I do that, right? Why do I, so many times I don't feel gratitude 
I don't feel Thanksgiving. And I, I think especially in New York, you know, I don't know about you guys, but when I go outside and I'm taking the subway, you know, I put my armor on. I like, I got my tough, you know, like, don't mess with me kind of thing. You know, you're walking around. The gratitude is the last thing I'm thinking about, right? I'm not thinking like, you know, I'm thinking like, okay, like, don't look at me. I'm not gonna look at you kind of thing. I'm gonna do my thing. Don't bother me. You know what I mean? It's not gratitude is far, far away from my... So why is it so hard? Why is it so hard to live a life of gratitude, particularly when we know that there are all these benefits, you know, for our life, for our health, for our mental health, physical health? And we know the Bible tells us this, right? That's God's will for us. And yet we live, oftentimes, I know I live like angry, you know, like not thankful, right? What's the root of that? And what does the Bible have to tell us about that so that we can overcome that, all right? So today we're going to be reading, I think many of us, we just read this passage about the, you know, the lepers. It's kind of a you know, well-known story we talk a lot about in Sunday school, but I think there are a lot of lessons that we can learn for ourselves in how to address this issue of gratitude. If we go to the next slide, please. So today I want to talk about kind of three things. If you just want to put it in that context, like the difficulty of gratitude. Like why is it so hard to express gratitude? How do we express? We're going to look at one person in this passage and, and, and how he expressed his gratitude. And then finally, the result of gratitude, right? So when, when this person expressed gratitude, what happened to him? How was his life changed and transformed? Okay. All right, so let's go ahead and dig in. Let's go ahead to the next slide, please. So, so, so we, we just read this passage, and I'm going to read a little bit again. What happened? You know, he said, you know, if you remember, there are these 10 lepers, right? And they, you know, back in the day, leprosy, even today, we don't see a whole lot of it, but leprosy is a, is a tough illness. It's like uh, really, uh, it can be contagious. People didn't know how to treat it back then. If you were a leper, what happened? You were like, you know exiled from the community, right? You were not part of that community. You were pushed out because people were afraid. People didn't know they're going to catch it from you, what's going on. It was, it was unclean. You were unclean. So you were separate from society. So you could imagine how tough life was for these folks, right? To be not part of a community. You know, I think many of us could probably identify with that, if not now, maybe sometime in our life before. But what happened was Jesus came and they had this miraculous like interaction with Jesus, right? And Jesus, when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest, right? He didn't, some places in the Bible, Jesus touched somebody's, you know, eyes or said something. In this instance, he didn't, he didn't do it. He just said, go to the priest. And that was important because back in those days, it was the priest that said, you're clean. Like if somebody was out of the society because they had leprosy, the only way they could get back in was to talk to that priest. And the priest would judge, and the priest would allow them to go back to society. Right? So Jesus was using the mechanisms where somebody could get back into society and telling them, go and see the priest. And it was kind of crazy. Like, I can't even imagine. It was almost like a movie, because what the Bible says, it says, as they went, they were cleansed. Could you imagine, like, I'm walking to the priest, and suddenly, like, my skin is getting better. Things are all getting better. It's, it's almost like, you know, so much you see the computer 
animation today where things are just like being transformed, like some AI kind of, you know, everybody's talking about AI these days. It's like some crazy thing. And the guy, people are just getting healed as they were walking along. I can't, I mean, I can't almost, can't almost imagine it, right? Real time kind of thing. So this miraculous, amazing thing was happening, life-changing, transforming, re-entry into society for these folks. And yet what happened? What did Jesus say? Jesus asked, this was a little bit later, he said, were all not ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? So these folks had such life-transforming uh, interaction with Jesus, and yet nine of them just kind of got healed and left and never came back, right? At least as far as we could tell in the Bible. The Bible doesn't talk about that, right? But we, we assume that they didn't say thanks. You know, I'm sure, when, you know, my mom always would, you know, hey, did you say thanks? You know, slap on the wrist, like, make sure. I think we all, like, you know, grow, grew up that way. You know, these people didn't, you know, necessarily show gratitude at all. It was like, thank you, got what I wanted, I'm out of here, kind of thing, right? So it got me thinking, so, so why did they do that? Right? Why did they not go back and listen to their mom and go back and say thank you? Why did they not go back and, and listen to say thank you? And sometimes I think, you know, when we think about like, what's the opposite of gratitude? Right? The, sometimes we think the opposite of gratitude is like, we're rude. Like you're super rude. Rather than saying thank you, you're, you're like you're very rude to someone. And that may be true sometimes. But I think sometimes the opposite of gratitude is what we call expectation. It's this idea that why should I say thank you? Because I did all this stuff and this is owed to me. I expect it. This is not, you didn't do something for me. I should have gotten this in the first place, right? If you look in the Bible, you know, uh, next slide please, what it says here, you know, you think about this one little uh, couple sentences, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee, he's going to a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him, they stood a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. Think about that passage. That was thousands of years ago. You know, how did a leper even know First of all, who Jesus was, where he was going to be, all this kind of thing. You know, back in the day, there was no Facebook. There was no texting. There was no Instagram. It wasn't like everybody knew where everybody was going to show up there. Like, these guys had to work to get to figure out, to figure out how I'm going to get there. Where is Jesus going to be? Let me call out to him. Let me get to the right place, right? They did work. They did a lot of things, you know, and maybe in their mind is like, I did all this work. I set myself up in the right place. I... And now I got what I deserve because I did the work there. You know, I, it makes me think of something like even in our workplaces, like maybe in our jobs, uh, you know, maybe in this economy, we're all thankful that we have a job. But when you get your paycheck, you know, when I get my paycheck, do I go to my boss and say, boss, thank you for giving me this paycheck. You know, I'm so grateful, you know, because, of, uh, because you paid me, right? Do we do that kind of thing, you know? No, because it's our expectation. Hey, I put in my 40 hours or my 50 hours or my 30 hours or whatever it is. I expect this paycheck. I earn this paycheck, right? This is mine, this is my hard work. I don't need to thank you because this is the, this is the sweat, 
you know, as a sweat and blood and my tears kind of thing, right? That this is, this is my money. I earned it kind of thing, right? How many, you know, I've certainly said that before. I'm sure many of us can identify in many situations, even when we come to church sometime. You know, sometimes it's like, come to church. Look, I, I did Bible study. I did, you know, X. I did Y. I did Z. God, you owe me. Right? God, you owe me because of all the things I've done. Look how faithful I've been. Look how much I, you know, I've attended and I've prayed and I've done all these things. God, you owe me. Right? God, you owe me. I think a lot of times we can get into that attitude and get into that perspective because of all the things we've done. We like that. In society, we like to do our thing because we have control over it. And then people owe us. Right? People owe us because of what our efforts and the problem with that is, yes, we, you know, Bible tells us to work hard, to do things excellently so that, so that when people see our good works, they can give get praise to God in heaven. That's what it says in Matthew, right? But what we tend to forget is that every good gift, and this is what the Bible says here, every good gift, next slide, is from above. Every good thing we have comes down from the Father of the heavenly lights. Like, we tend to think that for granted. Every, every skill that we have, right, every opportunity, that's, that's God-given. Those good things in our life are God-given. And sometimes we forget that. And so then we go into the world thinking, hey, the world owes us because of what we did. When we forget that actually all those good things that are in our life, God gave to us. What we see, you know, so that's, that's kind of why it's so difficult, right? But then let's look at this next you know, the leper who came back. If you go to the next slide, the leper who came back, you know, first of all, uh, this leper was a Samaritan, right? And if you remember, like, Jews and Samaritans, you know, didn't get along. Jews looked down on Samaritans, uh, and they were kind of separated uh, kind of thing. And, you know, you know, I'm not sure why the Bible pointed out the Samaritan, but it wanted, I, in some ways, I think it, it's showing that sometimes, you know, if in the, that day and age, I was the Jew, I was the people of God. And again, I deserve this. Like, it's because of something who, you know, innately, the goodness, you know, what I did. And again, I think the Bible's telling us it's, it's no. It's people who are marginalized, people who realize they have something missing, people who are not, you know, not looked upon favorably by society, that understand, that appreciate what's given to them. Sometimes when we feel like we, we've done it, we've owned it, we are born into a certain family or a certain, you know, that's ours, right? We, we miss that. And I think, again, the Bible is stressing here, you know, that this is why the Samaritan came back. But what did the Samaritan see? The Samaritan and all the lepers lived their whole life kind of, once they were kind of had this diagnosis, they were outcasts from society, right? They couldn't participate. And yet they had this sudden huge transformation in their life. And what you see here is that this uh, Samaritan came back and there was nothing this person could do except to praise and to thank, right? These two words are underlined here because the idea of praise, praise is what we, when we sing, like some churches sing a doxology, it's that word dox, right? And then thank, uh, and I know later on we're gonna do the communion, it comes from a word called Eucharist, you know, in the Catholic Church, we talk about the Eucharist, and that's what that thanks, Thanksgiving is. Is that that Samaritan realized, hey, I got this huge lack, and yet God did something amazing in my life 
and there's nothing I can do, my only response can be to praise and to thank God, right? If you go to the next slide, you know, so that's really what worship is, right? It's like God reveals him, himself to us, right? Is our response to God's revelation. When we begin to be thankful and realize the good gifts, even in our life's hardships, in our difficult times, there's things that we can give thanks for, right? And, and that we can do nothing but worship in response, right? The Bible tells us that if we, if we don't say something, the rocks are going to cry out, right? To praise, to praise God. Amen, preach. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, it also made me think, if you go to the next slide, you know, how, how many people know this kind of Acts prayer model? You know, when I was in Sunday school, that was taught to me, and I've been teaching it to my kid. kids. You know, maybe many of us know it's here, but, you know, Acts prayer model, right? And I just want to put it out there. A is for adoration. You know, you, there's a way to pray. A is to adore God, praise God. C is to confess our sins. T is for thanksgiving, to thank God for something. And then S is like this supplication. You know, it's my, my daughter always asks, what is supplication? Supplication is like you, you make your request known to God. But I want to ask you something. You know, when you pray, what's your prayer look like, right? How much of it is, is weighted to where? Because I know that when I pray, a lot of times my prayer is like, maybe a little A, maybe a little C, maybe a little T, but a lot of S. You know, a lot of S, right? It's like a supplication, like, God, this is what I need. It's like a, it's like a Santa Claus list, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Right? I don't know if that's... If that's your prayer list, but that's often my prayer list, right? And we're very heavy on the supplication. And the question I have as we think about this passage, going back to the nine lepers, the other nine lepers, is this. If you go to the next slide, is do we love the gift more than the gift giver, right? Do we love the gift more than the gift giver? Are we looking, you know, obviously the lepers had leprosy. They want to be cured of leprosy. And so if they want to be cured of leprosy, they got that gift, right? Jesus cured them and they got cured of their leprosy. But sometimes when we want that gift so much, we forget the gift giver, right? I, I just put up there, let's say, you know, somebody, you know, you know, sometimes you see on, on some TV shows, like, you know, somebody buys their kid a car and the kid is so happy and he comes and, and he's like, thank you, dad. I love you because you bought me this car. As a dad, does that make me feel good? Like, or is it, you know, dad, I love you because this car represents your love for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, the, if that child came to you and said, I love you, and it's only because you bought me this car. How would you feel? Is that, does you feel good? <laughs> no, I wouldn't feel so good, right? You know, it's funny, I, I, I put an empty box, you see that? Those are little reminders, because I'm getting a little, I'm getting a, I get forgetful, but I put that little gray box on there, because I was looking through the internet to find a picture or a video of some kid rushing to their dad. You know, there's a big toy, like, bicycle there and rather than like go into the bicycle 
the kid is rushing and you can imagine the kid gives a hug to his dad. Dad, I love you because you're such a great dad and you care for me and not looking at the bicycle. But you know what? I could not find that picture, <laughs> right? You know, like this idea, like, so what I'm saying is that in life, you know, we want that gift, right? That gift is so important, but yet we forget the bigger gift, right? We talk, we talk about, like, we want our miracle, but we, there's a bigger miracle that has already happened. And that's what Jesus did for us so that we could be free, right? And so today I'm just saying to us, and a reminder to myself, like, am I only going after the gift or am I forgetting the gift giver? Because I think what we see here, if you look in this passage, you go to the next slide, you see that when you remember the gift giver, it's so much bigger, right? The impact on the transformation on our life is so much larger. Because what happened to this gentleman, you know, the leper? One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. And then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. What does that mean? That, that phrase, faith has made you well, is only in the Bible a few other times, right? It talks about uh, there's the man who got healed, blind got healed, his faith has made him well. And there was one where it was the woman, you remember she was bleeding and she touched the coke and Jesus said, your faith has made you well. And that word made you well, if you go to the next slide, is a word called sozo, to be made whole, right? So it's not only, so what happened to this leper when he came back and he, he, he expressed his gratitude, he realized, what he realized was that he didn't have it all together, right? He, miss, he was missing something. And by coming and speaking to Jesus and saying, thank you and praise you, Jesus was telling him, hey, by, because you realized that you're missing something that only I could give, right? That faith had meant you all. So he was physically healed. You know, he was mentally healed. He was spiritually healed, right? So what I'm saying today is when we just go after the gift, we just, we don't see, we just think that gift is the only thing and the most important thing. And if we get that, hey, our life is going to be great. But I know for so many of us, and I know for myself, when, when that's happened, actually I feel like, oh, that's it? That's, that doesn't satisfy. And what we're seeing here is that if we go after the gift giver, we want that relationship with Jesus. We want to know Jesus more deeper, more intimately every day. That, that gift satisfies, right? That is the eternal water, like the water, right, that will never go, you know, will never run dry, right, the, the water of life. If you go to the next slide, it's so interesting, this word sozo, I just, you know, we know, you know, we know John 3.16, right, John 3.16, for God so loved the world, that's all in all the football games and everything everywhere, but do we know John 3.17? It says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. That word, that word save is sozo, right? So in the same way that this leper was saved, right? He was sozo, he was made complete. We're reminded in this story that Jesus came, that there is an eternal story, that Jesus came just to like he came to save this leper, that he came to sozo, to save us, right? And let's not forget that. Amen. Amen. If you go to the next slide, just got a few, other, a few more things, and then I'm, I'm going to close us here. Let's talk about the gospel of gratitude. Uh, and I put up a quote by, I don't know, Pastor Tim Keller. I don't know if, uh, uh, you know, he's somebody who has, 
influenced me a lot. He passed away a couple months ago. But he said this. He said, the gospel is this. Like, we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believed. Right? And yet at the very same time, we are loved and accepted in Jesus Christ more than we ever dared hope. Right? And I think if we realize that, we realize that we have this need, just like the lepers, that we are, you know, we are, we are suffering, we're incomplete. You know, we're, 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 we have a, la- a big hole, right? And that we're sinful and that we're flawed. And yet at the same time, that we're more loved, right? We're more accepted in Jesus than we ever dared hope. I think if we, if we understand the, how life-transforming that is, how could we not have gratitude all the time, no matter life situation, no matter what's thrown at us, right? We have that confidence that self, in our self-worth, knowing that Jesus is our strength, right? So help us not to forget that. I'm just going to close with one last question. And this is for a reflection for all of us today. And it's this, you know, and this is something actually that Tim Keller, Tim Keller asked in one sermon. I thought it was really insightful. And the question is this is how do you respond to, are you a Christian? First of all, I would say, if you're not a, you know, if you don't know Jesus today and you're just here and you're just kind of like, I you know, wanted to come in, listen, some great music in this beautiful building. You know, I wanted to, you know, just encourage you. You're like, you're here in this amazing, amazing, loving community, right? And, and the pastors here, uh, uh, are, uh, you know, I'm sure would want to know you and so if that's you today and somebody's asked you, are you a Christian, you want to learn more, you know, reach out to Pastor Chris or Pastor Zach or other folks here, right? I'm sure they would want to speak to you so you could get to know this Jesus that can transform your life, right? The gift giver, not just the gift. The other thing is that, you know, how do you know if you're living a life of gratitude in this question? If somebody asks you, you know, are you a Christian? One response could be, huh, what do you mean am I a Christian? Can't you see in my life, like the way, look, I I go here, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, right? That expectation that we were talking about, right? Like that's sometimes, you know, we may not say that on Sunday, as somebody was saying, as Pastor Zach was saying, we we have our Sunday best. I put a jacket on today. Normally I don't put put a jacket on, but I want to show respect. Um, But, you know, on our Sunday best, we, you know, But in our hearts, we feel like, hey, we're owed that. Like, why didn't I get that? That's mine. I did that. I earned that. And that could be our hearts, like, in the same way that we might respond to that question. And another way, you know, another way that might we we could respond to show to show this gratitude is is this is like we might, you know, we might chuckle and we might say, yeah. If somebody asks us, are you a Christian? You can say, yeah. Could you believe that? Somebody like me could be a Christian with all my flaws and all my issues. And yet Jesus loved me. And Jesus died for How could I not live with gratitude? Right? How could I not be thankful right, that Jesus loved me, a person like me? So let's close here. I just hope that today, you know, as we dug into this passage, that it would, it would remind us of what, you, what Jesus has done, of what we have to be thankful for 
because our life has changed as believers in Christ.